Welcome to Disney Honor Roll. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Sharon. We are two teachers who love our families, our students, and everything Disney. When we're not at school or taking care of our own children, we are dreaming of our next Disney vacation. What aspects of Disney will make our honor roll and which won't make the grade? You'll have to listen to find out. Class starts now. Welcome to episode 22 of Disney Honor Roll. Original release date, May 19th, 2021. Today we will be grading Journey Under the Sea with the Little Mermaid, but first it's time for our morning announcements. We have some big news out of Walt Disney World this week. Based on the new CDC guidelines, Disney has removed the restriction of wearing masks while outdoors. Masks are still required in attractions, restaurants, and indoor spaces. Disney has already announced that they were going to start phasing out temperature checks, but they seem to have disappeared overnight with the masks. So let's go to our correspondent on the ground, Sharon. <laughs> yes, that is me this week. I am lucky enough to be back in Walt Disney World right now at the time of recording this. And uh, I am happy to say that uh, masks are not required out in open air right now. So there are no temperature checks in Disney Springs, but there are still designated entrances and exits there. There are no temperature checks going into the parks anymore. Masks are not required when you walk into the parks or around the parks, but they are required once you enter the queues for an attraction, even on the outdoor queues, which we were a little bit surprised about. But I think this is because they are utilizing more of the queue space now with the increasing capacity. Makes so. sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were still the, the base marks on the ground, maintaining six feet distancing. I doubt that they will change that to three feet. They'll just keep it at every six feet. And, uh, and I think in a queue, you're around the same people for an extended period of time. So the likelihood of you getting sick from a sick person that's near you is greater than if you were just walking around and happened to pass somebody for five seconds. Yes, that's that's absolutely true. So I, I completely get that. So those are still required for now and they are still required on the rides themselves, as well as when you are walking in restaurants, but not while you are eating or drinking the stationery. That's remains the same. Now, last week, Bob Chapek stated that the parks were increasing capacity, but he didn't give an exact percentage for just how much they were increasing. There are more park reservations available now in the coming weeks if you are hoping to get in. But uh, I gotta say, that feeling of an empty Disney World seems to be diminishing a little bit. It's much more like normal now. Yeah, I can imagine. Because we have to remember that capacity is not how full it used to be. It was how full they could possibly be. So yes. you're not you're not at 50 or 60% of what it used to be. You're at 50 or 60% of what the cap whole capacity of the park is. Which could have been a completely normal attendance rate for, you know, May 19th yep. years ago. So <laughs> limiting it, it's just making sure that it doesn't get to New Year's Eve standards there. Yes. Another big news story for our teachers that are listening. We thought this Yay! was an important one for our podcast specifically. Go teachers. Teachers and first responders. 
Disney Springs area hotels have a special deal going on right now for teachers and first responders. Room rates are as low as $79 a night. You can book until July 10th to travel between now and July 14th of this year. These resorts are not Disney-owned resorts, but they are in the Disney Springs area, so they are very close to everything. There's also free shuttle transportation to the parks included in this deal. Shuttles run by those resorts, not by Disney. Good clarifications there. Well, thank you. The included hotels are B Resort and Spa, Double Tree Suites, Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace, and Orlando Lake Buena Vista, Holiday Inn, and Wyndham Garden. You can see some of those from where I'm sitting on my balcony in Saratoga Springs right now. <laughs> <laughs> Check out DisneySpringsHotels.com for the details for that. Or contact your Disney travel agent. All right, now back to our previously recorded information because we knew that Sharon's audio wouldn't be the best. So we pre-recorded yes. <laughs> the rest of this episode for you. So here you go, everybody. Let's do some This Day in Disney history. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. On May 20th, 1973, Disney World's Tom Sawyer Island, the Tom Sawyer Rafts, the Plaza Swan Boats, and the Richard F. Irvine which was Walt Disney World's second Liberty Square riverboat, all first opened at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. Very exciting. And only a couple of them are left, but still pretty cool. Mm -hmm. On May 22nd, 2001, there was a grand opening ceremony for Animal Kingdom Lodge, which included performances from Broadway's The Lion King. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Then the next day, on May 23rd, 2001, the Magic Carpets of Aladdin opened in the Magic Kingdom. I love Aladdin, but Me he too. definitely deserves a better ride. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Aladdin. I know. They, there's so much that they could do for Aladdin. And they have a silly little magic carpet wannabe Dumbo ride. I was just going to say Dumbo, <sighs> but not as good. Exactly. So, I mean, we were 80s babies, 90s kids. So how do yep. we not love Aladdin? Of course. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our progress reports. Shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank yes. you for all you're doing to help us and help keep our podcast up and running. If you like what you've been hearing on our podcast, please consider visiting patreon.com slash Disney on a roll to become a teacher's pet, our salutatorian, or a valedictorian. Yes. Thank you so much to our current supporters. And if you're interested, I will be posting some stuff very soon on there. Yay. I can't wait. Me neither. <laughs> All right, let's have some more updates on the big announcement about the Disney Wish, which is Disney's newest cruise ship that will begin sailing in the summer of 2022. Still a year away. I know. I know. But only a year away. How about that? Okay. Flip the script there, girl. <laughs> so today, let's talk about what the adults can enjoy on the ship. There are so many great adults-only areas on this ship. We talked briefly about the adults-only pool on the back of the ship a few weeks ago. That whole area is called the Quiet Cove Pool District. So nice. There's the Infinity Pool, the Whirlpool Spa, the Cove Bar, which is an open-air bar with beer, wine, and cocktails. And this will also feature the Cove Cafe, a poolside lounge with gourmet coffees, teas, and drinks. Of course, there will also be a Census Spa and Census Fitness. The fitness center will also have a cycle studio and aerobics room with complimentary instructor-led fitness classes. That's pretty cool. I like that word, complimentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the most exciting additions is the Star Wars Hyperspace Lounge, 
which is a high-end bar themed like a yacht-class spaceship. There will be interactive tasting experiences and signature beverages. There is a virtual window into the galaxy to visit favorite Star Wars planets, and there will also be hyperspace jumps as well. The hyperspace jump sounds so cool. It does. And in addition to everything else we just mentioned, there is an entire adult-only dining area inspired by Beauty and the Beast. <sighs> yes. So we will talk more about that next week because there is just so much to discuss about that. Oh, man. All right. I guess I'll wait. <laughs> Stay yeah, tuned, guys. There's so much. We can't do it all in one episode. We can't. We could, but it would be the entire episode and then some. <laughs> And we want to get on to grading our attraction of the day, which, as we said, is Journey Under the Sea with the Little Mermaid. So this ride opened first at Disney California Adventure on June 3rd, 2011, and it was followed by the Magic Kingdom version, which had its first soft opening on October 12th, 2012, and officially opened on December 6th, 2012. In September 2009, Disney announced that Mickey's Toontown Fair at the Magic Kingdom would be demolished to make way for a huge expansion of Fantasyland, which is Fantasyland mm -hmm. as we know it today. The ride is in part of the space that 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Submarine Voyage used to be in. The Little Mermaid attraction was built in the space that the show building for the submarines previously occupied, even incorporating some of the walls left behind from demolition. So cool that they did that. It is. And get this. There are actually two nods to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in the Little Mermaid ride. One is with the Nautilus being included amongst the rock work in the exterior queue. And the song, A Whale of a Tale, being included in the, in the queue's music loop. So nice that they do that. I love that. It's so cool. So unnecessary, but just so, mm -hmm. so Disney. So wonderful. Additionally, when the attraction opened, a ceremony was held to symbolically link the two attractions by pouring water saved from the submarine lagoon into the waters of the new attraction's exterior queue. Now that's cool. I can only imagine where they stored that water. Like, I know. like a big jug and somebody doesn't <laughs> realize it and like goes to take some out for coffee or something. <laughs> like. How much water did they save? I'm assuming it was probably just like a few buckets and they were like, oh, here's a bucket full. Or did like somebody just come forward and be like, hey, I took water <laughs> out before you guys took the water <laughs> out. Like, I don't, how does that even mm -hmm. work? It's so funny. The music for the ride was composed by the original film's composer, Alan Menken. And Jody Benson confirmed in an interview in June 2010 that her voice would be included in the ride. So nice. Let's move on to the queue. The queue is partially outdoors and partially indoors. The building is featured in a recreation of Prince Eric's castle. Guests walk across a bridge over a pond that resembles a beach with the castle on it. A shipwrecked ship featuring Ariel as a figurehead serves as the entrance to the queue, which weaves through waterfalls and caves below the castle. One roof within the castle shows murals depicting four kinds of sea monsters with poems below them. These read as... Upon the rocks the siren's call has shattered vessels numerous, but bringing sailors to their doom with the sirens find quite humorous. <laughs> Another one reads, Come fierce and crew Leviathan, our noble king commands, but when he keenly scans the sea, the fish makes other plans. Next one. Oh, sing to me of mighty kings with hearts so brave and true who fiercely faced rampaging beasts and sternly whispers, shoo. 
<laughs> the last one is a monstrous beast has risen up to rule the waters wide. What say you sailors? Shall we fight or run away and hide? Bravo, bravo. <laughs> like it, like very much. Bravo to you. I've never noticed these. No, I know me either. I'm going to have to check them out next time. Same. The last of the listed poems depicts what appears to be a Kraken-esque depiction of Ursula from the climax of the film. Hmm. Now, in the queue is an interactive game, Scuttle's Scavenger Hunt, where guests help him and a group of crabs in cleaning up Ariel's collection of human stuff after a storm had thrown things out of order. Scuttle himself appears as an animatronic in the queue, interacting with guests as they pass by. Now, this interaction with Scuttle is on a loop, whereas the one at Toy Story Midway Mania with Mr. Potato Head is more personalized for the guests that are in front of it at the time. Yes, very good point. So the wait time for this ride is typically averaged out about 18 minutes, and the ride length is about six minutes. It's a great bang for your buck in terms mm -hmm. of wait time. <laughs> sure is. Right, so let's ride through the journey under the sea. The ride features an Omnimover ride system like the ones used at the Haunted Mansion and the Seas with Nemo and Friends. Guests ride in cars themed to resemble large seashells. After leaving the loading area in the Magic Kingdom, the clamshells proceed through a large opening of the broken hull of Prince Eric's ship and enter a shipwreck cove. Scuttle, who narrates the ride, plays an accordion while greeting the guests and beginning to tell them the story of Ariel and her dreams of becoming a human. He gets there in his Scuttle roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> he even starts at one point with his own birth and then <laughs> <laughs> changes it up. He's so funny. He is. The clamshells begin to rotate backwards and they travel downward and splash under the sea. They utilize an effect of a projected ocean wave passing over the clamshell in front of the rider to simulate the feeling of traveling under the ocean. And I just realized I'm using my hands to describe this to you guys, and you can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely my favorite part of the entire ride. It is just mm -hmm. so innovative how they did that. So neat. I love it. So once you are under the sea, guests see Ariel in her grotto with all of her treasures from the human world. A complex audio animatronic Ariel is singing Part of Your World. If you look closely, you can also see Sebastian, who is secretly spying on Ariel. He pops up here and there around the scene. Yes. Yeah, she has her who's-its and what's-its galore, right? <laughs> After leaving the grotto, Sebastian can be seen telling Ariel about the wonders of being under the sea. Under the sea. The scene then opens to a large reenactment of that song, Under the Sea, with the creatures that can be seen in the film. They include turtles, an octopus, lobsters, starfish, the giant blowfish, and many, many more. Ariel is dancing along to the music. What a fun scene. It really is. So much to look at in that scene. I was just going to say the same thing. You can go on it 10 times and look at different things every time. Mm-hmm. The clamshells then pass into a dark canyon with smoking geysers, so I bet you can guess where we are headed. Dun, dun, dun. Ursula's lair. Ah. <laughs> Flotsam and Jetsam welcome you in, and Ursula is standing with her cauldron singing Poor Unfortunate Souls. This is one of the largest audio animatronics ever created. 
As you leave the lair, you can see the many souls that Ursula has claimed with their glowing yellow eyes. And later you see Ariel, who is mid-transformation with her new legs. The clamshells then ascend to above the waterline, and they stumble upon the lagoon while Sebastian is singing Kisty Girl. <laughs> Again, some favorite characters from the movie appear in the scene, including Flounder. Eric and Ariel are leaning in to kiss, but they never do. Oh, just kiss already. You don't know why. No, don't do that. <laughs> After leaving the lagoon, guests spot a giant Ursula with smoke arising, indicating that she has been defeated. The clamshells then pass in front of a doorway to Eric's castle. And within the door, you can see Ariel and Eric kissing. Ariel has regained her voice at this point. And you can tell because the glow that was in Vanessa's necklace, a.k.a. Ursula's necklace, <laughs> is now shown on her neck. The final scene of the attraction shows everyone in celebration of Ariel and Eric's wedding. Sea creatures, King Triton, Scuttle, Sebastian, and Flounder all join in the fun, while Eric and Ariel are waving from the gazebo. As the clamshells travel to the unloading area, Scuttle concludes the ride, exclaiming that Ariel's dream came true. Oh, I just love that Scuttle kind of wraps it up at the end. I love how he's like the narrator mm -hmm. of the, the ride. It's pretty cute. Yep. Because he knows everything. <laughs> he does, obviously. Let's go get some dingle hoppers. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you change about this ride, Sharon? Uh, that's very difficult because I love this ride. <laughs> I know. I can't think of anything either. Really tried to rack my brain over this, but I I really think that it's perfect for what it is. Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe like a little more into like how Ursula is defeated at the end because it's kind of like, oh, all of a sudden she's gone. But at the same time, I don't really want it to be much longer. It's enjoyable, you know? Yeah. So I think it, it really is perfect mm -hmm. as is with the length. Yeah. It doesn't get too dark and scary for any little ones. Exactly. Who might be scared of Ursula. And it really changes it up as you go along with what direction you're heading in and where the clamshells are facing and all the things to look at and descending and ascending. <laughs> I just, I like it. I love this one. Yep, for sure. Now, as far as memories on this ride are concerned, Ariel is my husband's absolute favorite. <laughs> oh, we always need to ride this ride. I can imagine why she's your husband's favorite. I get it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so one funny story I have on this ride. Um, the first time we went to ride on it, right after the new Fantasyland opened, it was just my mom and I on that trip. And we went on the ride. And as we were going through, the ride stopped probably four or five times throughout the entire ride, just for 30 seconds or so. And then it would start back up again. And we were kind of curious as to why that was happening. It just seemed a little bizarre because it was a relatively new ride. So as we were leaving, we were talking to a cast member and they said that the kids that are riding the rides throw their sippy cups onto the ride and that would trigger the Omnimover to stop. So That's funny. we stopped and then he said, it's always sippy cups. They're just flying off the rides. Oh my so gosh. It was just such a funny story. And since I've gone on it again, I don't remember ever stopping again. But it's just very funny that they're like, oh, yeah, it's the sippy cups. <laughs> Next time either of us are on it, we should check to see if the cast members 
are reminding people not to drink on the rides. Yeah. Put cups away. Oh, maybe. That would yeah. be pretty interesting. Keep all of your items inside the vehicle, inside the seashell. <laughs> stand clear of the doors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was just funny. That is pretty funny. All right, let's move on to our rubric for this ride. You guys listening can find it on Instagram and Facebook if you'd like to follow along. Find us at Disney on a Roll. Right. First up, cue theming. Definitely a three for this ride. There's so much to look at, and it's just so detailed. It's incredible. It is a long queue, but I feel like you walk through most of it because the wait time isn't that long. Yeah, and I typically walk mostly through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cue comfort. It gave this a two because it's partially indoors, partially outdoors, but the outdoors portion has a lot of shade and it does have that waterfall outside. So you get the mist of it at some point. So it's not too bad. Yeah. And again, you don't really wait outside much because, Mm -mm. because next up wait time versus ride length definitely gets a three. It's great. It is. Cast member setup gave this a one. They are dressed in themed costumes, but there's no acting or ethnic association present on this one. Next up, ride comfort. Definitely a three. You can get three people into those clamshells for sure. Yes. So whether you have an even number of people or an odd number, you can make it work. Mm-hmm. Ride maintenance and technology. We gave this a three because now that they have the sippy cups under control, <laughs> it rarely stops. Yep. <laughs> and even if it does, it's not, not for very long at all. Mm-hmm. Ride theming, also a three. They just take it to the next level with all the little details. Ride extras, we gave this a two. It does have many extras to anticipate here. So that is a grand score of 20, which scores an A on our rubric. Well yay. done. Yay, yay, yay. That joins Frozen Ever After, Toy Story Mania, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Tower of Terror, and Star Tours on the leaderboard. Some good company there for a Little Mermaid. Sure is. Let's go on to our quote of the day. We got some Ursula inspiration here. <laughs> In the movie, she says, life's full of tough choices, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ursula. So true. So true. It is so true. Sorry to agree with a villain, but <laughs> that's life full of tough choices. Well, thank you for listening. We would be honored if you shared our podcast with a fellow Disney lover in your life. We appreciate all the reviews and feedback that you leave us. Follow us on Instagram and or Facebook at Disney Honor Roll. Reach out to us there or email us at DisneyHonorRoll at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening, everyone. Class dismissed. See See you real soon. soon.